thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. The misunderstanding of the mis the incorrect view of God is that the father as the king and ruler is sitting in eternity with a mallet watching every move you make and just ready to swing and crush you because you're blowing it. That was wrong. Bam! That was wrong, but bam! You know, every time, and, and that, that's sometimes the concept that we can even get, that certainly people get in their minds, that God is waiting just to, for you to just one little step, bam! You know, that's not how God, that's not how he functions. This is the heart of God being displayed for us in a word picture. He sought out a relationship with Mephibosheth from a place of nothingness, a lame guy who, because of the fall, that took place while he's trying to flee for his own life, thinking he could save his own life. Those who would seek to save their own life, think about what happened. Those seeking to save their own life will lose it. Jesus said that. You seek to save your life, you'll lose it. You seek to, you know, lose your life for Christ's sake, you gain your whole. Because it's based on that relationship with the Lord. He says, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. So he reveals this, this, this plan. He reveals himself and this purpose and plan that he has. He certainly shows grace and mercy to, to Mephibosheth in this situation. Unmerited love and favor. Not giving him what he deserves, but giving him love and, and favor toward him. This plan that David is revealing to him is a plan of restoration. The Bible says that God will restore to you and I the years that the canker worm ate away. Satan came to rob, kill, and to destroy. And God wants to give and restore back to you and back to me. God wants to bless our lives. This is the significance of this as we kind of get toward a, a concluding thought in this is where does David now ultimately place Mephibosheth? This guy's lame. He can't get around even on his own. You know, I, I love what's portrayed for us. He can't even get around on his own. And David's going to place him somewhere where he has a, a, a place of standing somehow, some way. And it's going to be, as we read on now, as he places him, beginning in uh, verse 9. After the king has shown him all this mercy, the king pursued him. The king revealed then this, this plan and purpose and, and the res restoration of the, the things that were part of his families that were his to be had. He places him at his table. He ends up putting him right there at the, at the king's table. And he tells the the. Ziba, the servant, hey, look at, take care of all these things for um, Mephibosheth, but as far as, you know, you guys can have all the goods, you can eat, and everything's cool, but as far as him, he's going to be sitting at my table with me. I kind of look at this like, 
the idea of all that God wants to do for you and for me and all that we have. It's kind of the thought of you have this, this inheritance. You get this letter from, from a relative or you get this letter from an attorney's office and you, just, you don't even want to open it, you know? You just don't even want to open it because it just might just really be bad news. You just don't want to deal with it. It just sits over there on the thing. You don't want to deal with it. Now, in the meantime, you're really struggling. You've lost your job. Now, all of a sudden, the house is in foreclosure. Your bank account's dried up. You're really struggling. And you got this letter sitting over there. And you're starting to clean things up. And eventually, you think, well, gosh, you know, I, I got nothing else to lose. I might as well at least open this, this letter. You open up the letter, and it's from that distant relative. And the inheritance is yours. All you had to do is sign this thing and mail it back in a pre-stamped envelope. And it's all yours. All those things are yours. You don't have to lose the house. You don't have to, you know, go hungry. All that's been taken care of. And all you had to do was open the envelope, read it, and <laughs> send it back. Acknowledge that, yeah, you're, yes, you, you received that. That's kind of what happens sometimes when we give our lives to the Lord. We give our lives to the Lord, but we don't take the time to find out from his word what it is that's ours in him. We don't take the time to really realize, to open the letter that's been sent to us saying what's ours in him. Look at the, what was, he's been on the run avoiding David, the king. He's trying to stay away from for fear of what might happen to him. He knows he's lame. He's of no really earthly use in a sense. You see what I'm saying? In their culture, in a, in a uh, you know, agricultural working culture like that, there, where, where did that guy fit into the picture? You know? And he knows that. And yet the king pursued out after him and wanted this relationship with him. But it had to be revealed what was the purpose of why he wanted to connect. He's fearful. He kind of gets brought in. Do you remember when the Holy Spirit's dragging you? I remember in my mind all the things I was concerned about. Well, what's going to happen if I give my life to the Lord? Because I know things are going to change in my life. And I'm not going to be doing some of these same things I used to be doing. I actually know what happens. I become a different person. Because I, I knew what happened. I, I know what happens when you give your life to the Lord. I'm going to be a different person. How's this going to work? My wife doesn't know the Lord, I'm thinking, at that time. My wife doesn't know God. What's going to happen to us? And then I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm so messed up that everything's going so bad anyway. What's going to happen? So I'm in this, I'm in this quandary. I'm fearful. I know that I haven't had anything to do with my mom for almost 10 years, I hadn't had any conversation really or anything to do with my mom because there was a nasty divorce in our family and it was just a big mess and I hadn't everything. And I was thinking in my mind at that time, man, how is this going to go? Because I know if I'm a different person, maybe that's going to change. Now, what's going to happen then with my dad and me and my stepmom and all that stuff? I've got a little boy that doesn't even know his grandma. You know, what, what is going to happen to my life if I give my life? I was fearful of all kinds of weird things in my mind. 
And yet, God wanted to restore. I remember four years ago when my mom went to be with the Lord, and I remember so distinctly, I was telling, talking to the Lord, and I've shared this with you, but it makes a full circle thought in this. I remember thinking and, and talking with the Lord about it, and saying, Lord, you know, I wasn't ready to let this go yet. Well, I just wasn't ready to say goodbye. And God knows our hearts, you know, anyway. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, I sure am grateful, though, uh, you know, because I had to say goodbye to my dad 10 years earlier. He, he went to be with the Lord. And during that time period, the Lord starts speaking to my heart and saying, Jim, but we're even, man. The 10 years you lost, I gave them back to you. My, my mom lived 10 years longer than my dad. And I got, those, I got that time back in the Lord. I'm even. I didn't lose anything. The Lord, we, God has a wild economy that we would never think about. I would only share that with you as brothers and sisters. I, I, you know, that's not a, you know, you can't build some weird doctrinal thought off of it. But you, you get what, that's just what the Lord spoke about. We're even. It, it, you got that time. And it's true. I did get that time back. I got that time back that I didn't have with my, I had those 10 years with my dad. But I didn't have them with my mom for 10 years. But then she lived 10 years longer than my dad did. Even. The Lord has a wild way of restoring and doing things. God restored the relationship with my mom to where I had a, a healthy, worthwhile, good relationship with my mom. The Lord restored and gave my wife then everlasting life. She received Jesus and then restored Everything that was going bad, God put all that back together. God has a way of doing those things in your life, in my life. But it's as we come to the king, even though we're in fear, we let him speak our name and we let him reveal to us what he has for us, who he is to us what he wants to do for us and care for us, and what he wants to restore and how he wants to restore. And all those things are here for all of us to read and to know and to apply and to receive. But it's so often like that letter from the attorney's office that you just don't want to open because you're fearful of what might be inside. Is this another summons? Is this, are they just trying to get more? Are they going to come sooner to take my house? Whatever the fears might be, we got to open the letters and read and find out what is it that he has for us. I think it's fascinating to see as now the king invites Mephibosheth to dine continually at his table. You and I are invited through communion, which we get to experience on Sunday morning. We are invited through communion. So we're going to have a new insight on what communion looks like. We get to come to the table. The Lord invites you and I to his table to partake of the bread and the cup. And it's a continual thing that we get to experience, the washing and the cleansing of the blood. Because we're celebrating the newness of life in Jesus Christ. Every time we come, we're to, the Bible says to... Uh, do this in Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he says, Paul then describes, says, don't come in an unworthy manner 
But it's really, our language is limited on, on really what the intent that Paul was trying to say with this. It's really, make sure you're seeing the worth of what the table represents. Don't come and not see the value, the worth of what the table represents. See, we kind of go through the mechanics of it oftentimes, even still. Even though we try not to do it so often that it becomes just a religious practice because I don't think that's what's intended for it. It's to have meaning and significance for us. I don't care if you do take communion every day. It should have the same kind of significance and meaning of what it represents. The body of Christ that was broken it would, and it says his body, he is the bread of life. He, so they would sit, they would look out in, in that upper room area. They could look out and they could look out and see fields of grain. And they could see those fields of grain. And that farmer harvested that. And that grain got ground up into a meal. And that made a, a little loaf of bread. And that field out there that there was water, rain provided for it and all that. that now we're breaking this. You're taking some of it. I'm taking some of it. I'm assimilating that into my body. You're assimilating that into your body out of that one loaf. And we're kind of, in this mystical way, becoming united or one because of that partaking of that one loaf. And that's, that is what's supposed to be represented for us. As they would partake of that, we are to eat of his body. His body which was broken. It says, by his stripes we're healed. There's healing that can take place. As we partake of the bread, God can touch and minister healings in those times for us. As we receive those things that, that the Lord has for us. And we're taking our nutrients from the Lord. The Bible also then describes him as our, he is the living word. So the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so that's idea of him being the bread of life and the word of life and how we can partake of all of those things. I think sometimes the extent that we partake of this displays our love for our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By our dining on his word is part of that whole picture that's being shown to us and painted for us. I think that as we look at that and we see the invitation to come to the table, a table that is bountiful, we'll read through it not too long about what Solomon's table looked like, for example. A king's table had a lot of bounty. It was pretty much the fowl, as far as the birds that they were eating, the, the pheasants and all the things they were eating, it was just innumerable. Thousands and thousands of sheep, all kinds of cattle. Were, this was, you know, like the daily things that went on to provide for the king's table. So I, I think the thought in this is, is you and I are invited to the king's table. Do you remember the feast that, that was described in the scriptures? It says, hey, go out even to the hedges, the highways and byways, and find anyone that you might fill my house. God wants a full house. God wants to enjoy a big family of believers. That's, that's God's heart. It's, it's, it's basically is what he is telling him is open house. That's what he's telling him. It's open house. This is what happened when the curtain tore from top to bottom, that big, thick curtain that was kind of shielding off the Holy of Holies. It tore, at the time of the crucifixion, it tore, giving direct access into the presence of the Father. It's open house. That's what that, the whole thing represents. It's just open. The doors blew open. 
and it is come to the table and dine. Even if you're lame and you can't get there yourself, the king will make sure someone helps you get there. Isn't that crazy? That's the love of God wanting to reach out, seeking out, and he places us. He gives us a clean set of clothing. In other words, he clothes us in his righteousness, gives us a, we don't feel uncomfortable. You know how you go to certain functions or settings, and if you didn't know, for a guy like me anyway, who's willing to dress casually, I could easily go somewhere and realize, oh, wow, didn't realize this was a coat and tie gig here, you know. Happy to do that. Let me know next time, because I'll just come pretty casual, unless someone lets me know, because I'll think, why wouldn't we be comfortable? But if we're going to go ahead and wear our ties and be uncomfortable, that's fine. I just need to know in advance, you know. But you can kind of get the idea. Have you ever, I'm telling you, this happens to me. I end up sitting in things where I'm a little uncomfortable because I'm not dressed appropriately for the occasion. Well, that doesn't happen when we come to the table of the Lord. A lot of times we say, oh, well, search your heart because if you've got sin in your life, then maybe you shouldn't be dining. No, we've misunderstood it. There's some context to that thought, but that's not really the heart of the Lord in it. It's come and eat and let God wash and cleanse your heart. Sure, seek your heart. Ask God to search your heart, but let him have access. He wants to wash and cleanse. It's come to that table. It's open house. You can have all the hors d'oeuvres, all the goodies, all the apples, and everything you want. I just want the chocolate-covered strawberries. But, uh, you know, God just says it's open house. It's wide open. You and I can come in and partake of his table It's a bountiful table. It's a table of healing. It's a table of cleansing. Isn't that radical? That's what happened with Mephibosheth. He was placed then permanently installed at the king's table without recompense. I mean, it can't be withdrawn. He is permanently installed. It says in the conclusion, it says that he sat and ate as one of the king's sons. Do you realize that you and I are sons and daughters of the king because of our relationship with the son? We get to sit at the table and dine in the presence of the Lord. And we're to come to that table. We get to come to that table on sun, this, this, this week on Sunday morning. And we get to have open access to that. I encourage you to be thinking on this and praying through the significance of what we get to enjoy, not as a religious practice, but really understanding what that represents to us, that that cup that represents the the blood of Christ, that as we partake of that, we are acknowledging one to another and to the Lord that he is our Savior. We're proclaiming that. By partaking of that. We're saying that, that same blood that washed this person's sin washes my sin. And will wash anyone's sin that will call upon his name and receive him. Anyone who will come to the table. Not just the practice of drinking the grape juice. okay, Not just the practice of that, right? But what it represents. Doing this with knowing what it means. It's like baptism. Baptism means something to you and I as believers and to someone who comes to know the Lord. Baptism is is significant. But just being baptized doesn't do anything for anyone. 
just the act of it. The act of taking communion as without knowing the Lord doesn't do anything for anyone. It's the acknowledgement. Do this in remembrance. That is the remembrance or the acknowledgement that past, present, and future sin were taken care of on the cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a free man. You are a free woman and man. We are free in Jesus Christ to celebrate this table of bounty and goodness, freedom, freedom to walk with the Lord, to come in and out of the house of God in his presence, to enter in, come boldly to his throne of grace in time of need. We just go right into his office and talk to him. We don't have to talk to the secretaries or anybody, just boom, right into his office. Right in and sit down and just tell him what's going on. And the Lord loves to hear from us. That's the kind of relationship that Mephibosheth has now had. He gets to sit at the king's table, near the king, where he can interact with the king. This guy who was in fear of his own life because he had fallen while he was fleeing and had become lame for his whole life. We're still kind of lame, you guys. We just forget it sometimes. This is the thing. He's coming to the table still kind of lame, right? But he's got total access, and he's considered and treated as one of the king's kids. I think you and I need to remember when we come to the table, even if we've been lame, it's okay. Come, let the Lord wash and cleanse. Let the Lord heal. Let the Lord do the work. The enemy's the only one pushing you away, telling you lies. He's the accuser of the brethren trying to keep you and I out of the access that we've been given. Let's be like Mephibosheth. Let's receive it. He didn't turn, turn away from it, did he? He just said, yes, great. I'm going to sit at the king's table. This is awesome. And he was, the things that were lost have now been restored. That's what comes with coming to, to know the Lord and walking with the Lord. Think of the many blessings that you and I have because we're followers of Jesus Christ. And you know, guys, I know we've got problems. All of us have issues and struggles just like anybody else. There's no doubt that that's true. You know what? You and I have some place to go to get help. The rest of the world doesn't know what to do and they got problems. They just go to this situation, that thing, that stuff, that deal, trying to fix it all. And it always ends up in the same low to bar, nothingness, same place. This is Pastor Jim. I know as you've been listening to the word today that God uh, may very well be speaking to many of you. And maybe some of you just need to come back to the Lord. Maybe some of you need to give your life to the Lord who've never given your lives to the Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, Jesus said that calling out to those who are burdened with the things of life. And Jesus wants us to come alongside with him. He is gentle and lowly in heart. 
And that's where we're going to really find rest for our souls. It's a simple prayer of faith. And I just want to pray this simple prayer along with you. So if you just want to pray this, whether you're driving or whether you're sitting at home or wherever you are, you might be in your office, you might have this coming on through your earbuds, but the Lord wants to make himself known to you and for you to have a personal relationship with him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a personal relationship. And it starts by just saying yes to Jesus and giving your life to him. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I want to give my life to you. I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want to cast all my cares upon you, knowing that you care for me. And I know that, uh, Lord, I feel weighted down and burdened by the things of this life. And and I just want to have that newness of life. And so I ask that you'd come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior into my heart. And I ask that you would just Continue that work that you've begun in my life right now. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Calvary Chapel KC. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountain. Come, Lord Jesus, come.